Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Bold Journeys podcast. I am your humble hostess, T, the Queen Bee, also known as the Mindset Midwife. There's no place I'd rather be than right here, right now, with you. Shout out to Jesus, my homeboy. Where would we be without him? You know I gotta show love to the man above. That's forever and always. So here we are, season four, episode three. Yes, hello, April. Hello, fabulous first Friday, Friday feeling, Freedom Friday, all of the things. First Friday, fresh for success, blessed by the best. It's the top of the month, so I got to stay on top of my game, bringing you nothing but the best in motivation, inspiration, and empowerment information for your life, love, and relationships. Oh, yes. So get this. 11 years ago, this very week, 11 years ago, I just got fired from my job in the middle of planning for my wedding. Okay. Seven years ago, I was miserable on my job, ready to quit, which I wound up doing a few weeks later. Four years ago is the very last traditional job I have ever had. Four years ago, I was headed into the hospital dealing with a chronic cough that turned into a chronic illness that would change my life. And two years ago, two years ago, I launched my very own business. Okay, the rest is history. Black history, women's history, world history. You are listening to a history maker right here, okay? Let me tell you, the last few weeks have been nothing short of amazing. I just released my long-awaited memoir entitled, The Patient is Wearing Lipsticks. Orders are flying out the door, okay? The people at the post office know me now because I'm bringing in boxes of books so they can ship them out. And I am just over the moon grateful. I really am, y'all. And something mind-blowing happened just a few weeks ago, okay? Olympic gold champion. Sonia Richards-Ross, the founder of Mommy Nation and newly announced Peach on The Real Housewives of Atlanta, sat down and interviewed me, okay? That's right, me. T, the mindset midwife. Oh, 
I just, I can, I can barely even get myself together to say that sentence. Not only that, but she bought three of my books. Yes. The very same day, Sonia Richards Ross ordered three copies of my book. Y'all, this has been epic. Sonia is a champion of women and super, super cool. It was a pleasure to meet with her, chat with her, and I cannot wait for her to read the book as well as my other sisters of Mommy Nation. In fact, in fact, of course, that includes you too. Don't factor yourself out of that. I need my chosen chicks. I need my trailblazers. I need my Bold Journeys fam, all of my followers and fans on social media. I need y'all to get this in your library. I need y'all to partake in this powerful testimony. It is going to blow your mind. And I'm not just saying that because I wrote it. I'm saying that because I lived it and it is the real, real. Okay. It don't get no realer. And yes, I am using bad English because I need you to understand what it is that I'm saying. So let me do this. Let me just share a little more with you. Just a little bit. Because you know, I love to tease you. I love to wet your whistle. I love to push your mind to that place. I love to get you to that thought-provoking place. Okay? So listen to this. I was in and out of the emergency room so many times that my mom established a routine Her job was to bring new leggings, underwear, and food. One time, she and my Aunt Pat sneaked an entire birthday cake into me just to put a smile on my face and break up the repetition of it all. I really wanted to give up, and at points I did. I got really low, and my mind was stuck on the idea That any day, this could all be over. I was so sick of needles, pumps, and machines all seeming to no avail. Even when using the asthma pump and CPAP machine, I was short of breath and fatigued. CPAP stands for Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. And the machine is prescribed for sleep apnea. Individuals like me who've been diagnosed with sleep apnea experience interruptions in their breathing when they're asleep. It's usually a result of a blockage or a collapse in the airway. The CPAP machine sends a steady flow of oxygen into the nose and mouth to keep the airway open and help the patient breathe normally. Nearly everyone I encountered back then was trying to be helpful by suggesting things they thought would put my mind and body at ease. More often than not, it was no help at all. The nurses were also in that number, bless their hearts. A particular nurse focused completely on the wrong thing. She almost insisted that I should opt for a cuter nose-only CPAP. Later, we discovered that model only made the situation worse because I'm a mouth breather at night. 
my sickness layered with bad recommendations and ineffective medical equipment made for one bad picture. The episodes didn't just strike at night. They happened during the day as well. I had to keep a consistent stream of cough drops, day quill, and water on hand. In fact, to this day, I always have cough drops and water in my handbag. During that time, though, I was paid well. I was still an hourly laborer. We had no paid sick time, which meant if I called out because I wasn't feeling well or if I took off because I was admitted to the hospital, my check would reflect as much. Those hours counted against me. So on top of worrying about what was going on with my health, I was financially at risk as well. My focus was completely off because my ego had taken over. My ego lived up to the definition that I was taught some time ago. I had edged God out. And when you edge God out, you get hemmed in, in every area of your life. I had already decided on my own that my marriage to Chris was on its last leg. I was preparing my exit strategy. It wasn't about another man in particular. It was about what I wanted, what I thought I deserved, and what I was not getting. The communication was one way, falling all on me. The drive for success was one way, all coming from me. In my limited, selfish view, the next phase for me was to be a life of perpetual misery. The future looked so bleak that I wanted to take matters into my own hands. My warped view caused me to envision things that were not real. I felt like a prisoner with very little hope or joy. Anything that made me happy was outside my home and outside of God. I no longer found joy in spending time alone with my husband or God. At one point, the enemy was torturing me with thoughts that made absolutely no sense. Seriously, no sense. I was convinced of the impeding doom that my husband would aggressively demand sex for me and we would physically hurt each other. Because I wasn't centered on Christ and connected with Christ's followers the way I needed to be, I gave way to those unnatural thoughts and I considered God less and less. I made my own plans and prayed that God would hop on board. After all, I was his longtime servant. Why would he deny me of what I wanted? I wanted to be independent. I wanted to be wealthy and I wanted to be single. I wanted to make my own money and decide all of my own what to do with it. I wanted to live well, drive well and eat well. Instead of seeking his counsel and guidance, I dragged him into my schemes. It was all about what I wanted. And what I thought felt good. Looking back, I see that it was such a crazy place to be. I had allowed the enemy to seduce me with ideas of my own grandeur. I was bamboozled. 
despite my consistent giving in church and consistent showing up to services, I had built walls around places of my heart where no light could shine through. I blocked out the truth in the messages I was hearing because it didn't align with what I wanted. See, there are those two words again. I want it. What I didn't realize is that I had become my own God. I was in the driver's seat, holding onto the steering wheel with reckless abandon. The emotional road that I was on led to a dead end. I had no idea that I was headed toward a dead end physically as well. I am exhausted and completely crushed. My groans come from an anguished heart. You know what I long for, Lord. You hear my every sigh. My heart beats wildly. My strength fails and I am going blind. Psalms 38, 8 through 10. A Psalm of David asking the Lord to remember him. Just call me Davida because that's exactly how I felt. Around that time, I was on an awful roller coaster, getting very little rest and relief. I was even prescribed the high-grade cough syrup that the rappers like, the one with codeine in it. Of course, the ghetto girl in me was like, I need to sell this, not drink it. But the little piece of holy morals in me was like, girl, don't do it. It helped some, but not thoroughly. And I didn't want to get addicted, so I stopped taking it. I was sleep deprived and making unwise decisions. I felt lonely and fearful. And even though I had a strong support system around me, I still reasoned in my mind that I didn't want to bother them. As a result, I spent a great deal of time alone in the bathroom. It was mentally draining. I constantly felt like I was sinking. The episodes were draining, exhausting because of the hours spent on the toilet and over the sink. I couldn't get a good night's sleep because of the constant trips from the bed to the bathroom. There were countless times that I fell asleep on the toilet because I decided there was no need to keep walking back to the bed only to have to get up and come back again. I was also on another roller coaster ride. Chris and I were separated at the time, and I had a new friend. He was there in the thick of it. He sometimes took me to the hospital in the wee hours of the morning, and I can tell that even he was scared of what could happen with my health. It didn't matter that old dude weighed over 350 pounds. It didn't matter that he carried big guns. It didn't matter that he could fight and was from the hood. He had just as much fear of how this could turn out as I did. Everyone did. We prayed prayers and spoke faith, but there was a lingering question. Is this really it for her? I saw it. I sensed it. I felt it. I appreciated my friend for being there, making sure I had food and wasn't completely alone while doctors were poking and prodding me. The situation was so messy because even though it was all wrong, 
he and I cared about one another. Did I say anything about this being a messy situation? Because it was really messy. <laughs> Y'all, oh my goodness. I feel like I took you a little bit deeper there, but I just want you to get a little glimpse of what is going on. It's like I say, you cannot get any more real than this. And that was just, that was just a little, little taste. I know you love it. I know you are intrigued. I absolutely know that you are. Guess what? You can have the patient is wearing lipstick as an ebook on your very own device right now. That's right. You can read the full story for yourself on your tablet, your phone, or your iPad right now. You want to know how? Just go to Amazon, type in the patient is wearing lipstick, or you can type my name, Artisha Bolding, and grab your Kindle version at the limited time special price on Amazon. It's super quick, super easily, and at a phenomenal price, okay? We are aiming for that number one spot. I believe we can make that happen. Let's make history again. Can we do it? I know we can. So look, something else amazing happened with my Mommy Nation sisters. I was blessed to be a guest blogger on their amazing platform and featured in their newsletter. Is that exciting or what? Take a listen to a really difficult part of my journey that I share with them. Okay, I almost decided to call this episode the tale of two T's, like two me's, okay, two T-E-E's, because you can see what is happening on this side with the illness, the job, and when things got really, really crazy with me and Mr. Bolding, the one and only Chris. But in this that I'm going to share with you from my blog entitled A Childless Mother that I share with Mommy Nation, you'll see another angle to this. You'll see another peak. Listen to this. You're so motherly. I'm surprised you don't have kids. When are you going to have kids? You don't want to wait till you're too old. You love to tell people what to do. You need some kids. Immediately, Anne came to my side and held my hand. She comforted me as I quietly wept when I received the news that due to my treatment plan for this condition, I would not be able to bear children. By the way, according to my doctor, the treatment plan would be lifelong. That was devastating to me. Once again, I had no control over my future or my body. Motherhood is something that should be cherished and celebrated. Being a mother is the most important job on the planet. Rearing young lives, shaping experiences and personalities of the future leaders of the world can't be glossed over. But what about the childless mother? What about the woman who made room in her heart for 
this all-consuming love, unconditional love, but her womb has not produced the recipient of such affection. Too often, women without children are prejudged, alienated, or even ostracized for not bearing this beautiful burden. Just as we are cautioned not to judge a book by its cover, we can't judge a childless woman on one snapshot of her life. In The Patient, I talk about the pendulum swing from long skirts and high heels to hard hats and steel toe boots, and then from satin nightgowns to hospital gowns. The swing that was just as drastic was the shift from wanting five kids to wanting none. The story begins many years ago when I was a young teen. I met my best friend when I was 14 years old, but over the years we became much more. He came from a large family and wanted to continue the tradition. At first I wasn't sure if I agreed, but the more we talked and the more our love grew, his desires became mine. We settled on the number five because my mom was the fifth daughter of my grandmother and grandfather. Then came Christmas 2004, and due to some bad decisions combined with some bad weather, my best friend and fiance was taken from me. I grieved him and what would have been our family. I mourned a future loss. I no longer knew who I was. I didn't have a grasp on what will become of me. In my grief, I made some declarations. I insisted that I would never love again, I would never marry, and I would never have kids. It wouldn't be worth it to me. It wouldn't be the same. Then just shy of a year later, my heart would open again. And though that young man used me for his pleasure, he showed me that I could love again. So the journey continued. It will be another three years before a pair of kind eyes and a brilliant smile will break down the walls that I erected around my heart. Chris and I met on a cool spring night in Memphis. He says it was love at first sight. We both grew up in the church and admired each other's faith and education. We talked every day and soon after fell in love. I knew early on that growing a family was important to him. And though everything inside me said that I did not want to bear nor raise children, I was so in love and so ready to head down the aisle that I gave in to what I called the great compromise. I told him that whatever he could make happen in one pregnancy, I would handle. Whether it was one beautiful brown baby or a set of twins or triplets, he had one shot. Little did I know the rocky years ahead would cause me to renege on that promise. Our marriage has weathered the storm. The torrential rain of unkind words and the lightning strike of a separation didn't cast us away. The sickness wasn't unto death and didn't lead to our destruction after all. From the fall of 2017 to the spring of 2018, I spent a total of 26 days in the hospital and Chris was by my side through it all. Any appointment he couldn't make due to work, he deputized my sister to go in his stead and report back. 
The particular appointment was with Dr. McDonough and his team. I was sliced open yet again for a procedure that was supposed to explain why I was experiencing heart failure and respiratory failure. After the cardiac images were captured, I was informed that any future hopes of biological children should be stored in a lockbox and put away for good. I had been given the choice of either preserving my life now or the possible life of an unborn child. It really wasn't a choice at all. Given the conversations Chris and I had previously, I should have been fine. The news I received should have been a delight and a relief, or at least had no effect, right? For some reason, that was not the case. Something deep inside me cried out to be the mother, the nurturer, the life giver that that I had already been to so many, including nieces, nephews, goddaughters, and mentees. But there I lay, weeping, a childless mother. One of the reasons that it was so important for me to write The Patient is Wearing Lipstick was to share my unique motherhood journey, but also to share lessons that I've learned on becoming a godly wife, an impactful coach, and an authentic minister. Navigating my way back from the brink of divorce while healing physically, mentally, and emotionally from a chronic illness has been extremely difficult. But Being able to inspire and motivate women through sharing my story has been immensely rewarding. And I am beyond grateful. Y'all, once again, it's the real. It is the real. And that's just one reason, one exhibit that goes to show you, you need to think before you speak. You can't just go around saying anything to anybody. Words have power. Okay. Let me just talk to you just a little bit more. Okay. You can file this under tease tips. You can take this in and make this a part of your emotional intelligence file. Okay. First, let me say I'm always open and still yet always amazed at new revelation that I receive. I'm literally honored that God will allow me access to so much knowledge that can make a huge difference in my life as well as the lives of others. And I feel like every other episode I get on here and tell y'all I almost burned something down. I almost killed someone. I almost wrecked my car. Well, I almost wrecked my car this week. Yep. (laughs) I was on my way to my office and my phone starts going off like crazy. Back to back notifications. Now I'm in a few group texts, so this could be anything. So I take a peek to see if it needs my attention. My eyes immediately start to water. And yes, I'm behind the wheel. Okay. It took the Holy Ghost to hold me and hold the car in the road because my eyes nor my hands were doing what they were supposed to be doing, okay? By the way, don't tell my husband or my dad this. I know I'm gonna get fussed at when they hear this, but anyway, keep that between us, okay? 
I know you're wondering what was the message? What was happening? Well, as it turns out, my sister sent me photos from her wedding style engagement party. My goodness, what was supposed to be a promotional event just to capture um, amazing, colorful and bright wedding photos for brochures, website, etc. turned into a well thought out engagement and engagement party. And driving down the road from Georgia to Carolina, I began to weep at how beautiful she looked, at the pure joy and love in those moments, and how God shined on that day. I was completely overcome. Y'all, I was down bad. (laughs) It was about to be a situation. Then the road got more windy and trucks started coming. So I had to get it together. Okay. Well, God had to get it together. Y'all, I promise you it was getting ugly. It was getting ugly. Then just like now I laughed and I cried some more because I realized in that moment that God gave me the family I never knew I needed. And so what I want to say to you is we know that thoughts are things okay and words are merely spoken thoughts words have power so i want us to take a moment as we're right here at the top of the month we done coasted right into a new quarter we're right here in 2022 the new year new era okay still rocking things new not letting anything grow old I need you, I need me, I need us to be mindful of the things that we say out loud, okay? I found myself having some stray comments a lot lately. And one of the comments that I make when something gets on my nerves is, I'm sick of y'all. Well, as someone conquering a chronic illness, especially during a global health pandemic, I need not say that I'm sick of anything because I am not sick. I am healthy and wealthy and wise. Okay. And guess what? So are you. So speak it, see it, be it, and know that you have power. Your thoughts, your words, your actions, they have power. Okay. Look, I told y'all I'm kicking the door in this year. All 2022, I'm amplifying what I believe is important. I'm lifting up what I think is powerful and beautiful and impactful. And that includes you. All right. I'm rooting for you. I'm in the business of uncovering the real you, the ignited fired up and ready to go you that knows your purpose and knows life is not worth living without it we're conquering great things with power passion and purpose okay confirming to rejection is how we miss purpose you are unique one in a billion and don't you ever forget it listen i would love to hear from you Drop me a review on Apple Podcasts, letting me know how much you love the show. If you have comments, feedback, or even ideas of something you'd like to hear on the show, you can email me at 
tboldmedia at gmail.com. For more me, more tea, check out artishabolding.com, tboldmedia.com, and the Healed Girl YouTube channel. Links, of course, will be in the show notes as usual. And do know, I love you lots. I'm praying for you and rooting for you. Until next time, holla.